Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome, welcome back to America's Heroes Group Roundtable with partner National Coalition of Homeless Veterans. April is Sexual Assault Awareness and National Death History Month. Uh, make sure you uh, pay attention to those subjects to learn more about them and participate in resolving issues surrounding them. Uh, today is Saturday, April 17, 2021. Our host is the Governor of Talk Radio, Cliff Kelly. I am his co-host, Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Tyree Middlebrooks, who's doing a wonderful job. And our panelists today are our panelists today are Catherine Monet, Chief Executive Officer of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. Uh, we have a special guest with us, Ralph Cooper, who is the Community and Residential Veteran Services Coordinator, Cloudbreak Houston LLC, and co-founder of National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. Uh, the discussion today is going to be the post-COVID vet- veterans experiencing at high-risk homelessness. So it looks like homelessness is becoming more and more of an issue for our veterans. And uh, why don't you lead us into this, uh, Catherine, and uh, and Ralph can give us a, a little bit of an I- idea of what's going on out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, it's really great to oh, be with you all again this month. Um, I-, I think that there are a number of issues uh, facing veterans in the post-COVID world. And, you know, HUD just recently announced the 2020 point-in-time count numbers where um, veteran homelessness actually increased a tiny bit between 2019 and 2020. And I think there is a lot of worry about, you know, what COVID is going to do to the economic situation of veterans as they move out of, you know, into a post-COVID world, I guess. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and that, that that's really, um, you know, something that we have to keep paying attention to because a lot of people lost their jobs, you know, in 2020. Um, and, uh, we're seeing an increase in homelessness and poverty and, you know, just really poor health outcomes as a result of this. And then this disparately impacting communities, um, you know, uh, particularly communities of color as well. Uh, so we're seeing this happen again and again playing out, and we need to do something about it. So, you know, you know, Ralph, tell us what, what's going on out there. What, what can we do to really address this issue? Well, good evening. I'm sorry, uh, my my phone acted up on me. Oh, okay, yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> I heard a, a little drop. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, well, well, one of the things that uh, has happened, uh, we, we have about 500 um, residents where I, where I work in Houston, Texas, and, you know, um, they're previously homeless. Uh, and we are terrified uh, seeing that maybe like 1.4 million veterans um, are going to be at risk due to this pandemic. And um, <clears throat> on my site alone, um, we, we uh, usually transition folks 
from uh, the GPD program, which is the transitional program, Mm -hmm. into the permanent housing structure that we have, which are efficiency units. And then from efficiency units, Mm -hmm. we encourage our veterans to try to own their own home. So as the pandemic has affected every aspect of our economic situation, including housing, including money for loans, uh, it's just a a devastating thing. And like like, um, um, Catherine just said, that the homeless situation is on the uptake now. So we're going to end up with more homeless veterans than we've had in the past few years. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, and that also goes with their families, right? Because they they the families are dependent on them as well, right? Well, um, well, if they if they're homeless, usually they're looking for support from the family. But yeah. if, if we're talking veterans in general, absolutely, especially those veterans who are married with children. Yeah, so what, what is the basis of why is it that they're more at risk from, uh, the, you know, from the pandemic? You know, is, it, is, it that, um, is it because of job losses or placement? Or what, what's the issue you know, that's really driving their uh, risk level? So that's an interesting question, and I'm not sure that I would say that they're more at risk than civilians. Mm-hmm. I think it's just everyone is at risk right now, right? When you think right. about what the pandemic's done to the country, it's been pretty terrible. And I think to some degree, when you think about employment and getting back reemployed, right, there are certain groups of people who um, don't get reemployed at a higher rate. And the population of veterans that is um, at risk or currently experiencing homelessness tends to be a little bit on the older side. They tend to have disabilities. Um, You know, veterans are really attractive opportunities and, like, attractive hires, in my opinion, right? But I'm not Mm -hmm. every employer in America. And so I think there are just some barriers that exist that are, you can't overcome age or disability, you know? Right. I mean, you can get training, you can do a lot of different things, but I think there are just some challenges that exist. Yes, yeah. I, I can imagine that, that, that that's very true. Um, with with the veterans, uh, you know, the health care also is an issue, right? Um, because before we had uh, some, you know, issues about access and, you know, our, our homeless veterans actually getting medical care. I can only imagine this makes it worse, Um so those people who have, you know, high blood pressure and heart attacks, I, you know, I'm actually working with the uh, pandemic um, response group uh, helping the state of Illinois out. I, I used to be a former director. Um, I was a former oh. director of the Illinois Department of Public Health, so I'm helping out now. And one of the things that I've been looking at a lot of the data is that we've been having, um, you know, an increase in the number of people who are, you know, uh, don't seek medical care, who subsequently die from heart attacks or have massive strokes and those uh, sorts of things. And it has nothing to do with the uh, actual uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes COVID-19. It's that they are not able to seek medical care 
in a timely manner. So this has changed the whole dynamic on the ground. Um, you know, whether people are able to, uh, you know, have access to masks and whether they um, have access to adequate uh, food and, and, and nutrition. Uh, but have you seen a change in that, you know, in the basic game plan, uh, you know, about how to uh, approach people who are in the situation of being homeless, who are veterans? Well, you, well, you know, Colonel, uh, while the rate of uh, COVID cases among you know, patient population is falling. The death rate continues to increase for patients within the Veterans Affairs Health System. Mm -hmm. It rose uh, at least 6%. And uh, over the past several months, at least uh, uh, over 1,000 fertility. And, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. elderly veterans, just like the civilian population, Mm -hmm. are particularly vulnerable to this virus. And um, so we're we're facing that situation, and you you say that because um, of the pandemic, people who who are elderly that have other kinds of diseases are pushed out because the, uh, the COVID patients just have pushed the health system to the brink where there are no more beds. And so um, the VA has has stepped up to, mm-hmm. to the table. Yes. The VA now mm-hmm. will vaccinate not only the veteran who is eligible for VA care, mm-hmm. but any veteran that, that shows as a veteran and, ha- and their spouse and, spouse, yes. and caretaker. So you don't even have to be a veteran now to get the vaccine at the VA health at the VA hospital. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with that. I went to uh, a VA site. It was um, and I, I was just actually we just had a conversation uh, prior to this show about uh, the uh, there is a uh, plan now with a commission to look about uh, look at into closing you know um, uh, VA systems and. Uh, whether that is going to be advisable. It, it came up under the Trump administration, and uh, it's a commission of nine p- people who are on that. And uh, we, we need to step away from uh, those kinds of notions or thoughts. <laughs> uh, it's one of the most, um, you know, one of the most um, efficient systems that I've ever seen. And, and, you know, as a healthcare provider myself, as a physician, uh, you know, I look at that and compare it to some other systems. When I was in uh, public health arena, uh, there were countries that modeled themselves after our Department of Defense and our uh, Medicare system uh, because they th- looked at the efficiency of it. So if you go overseas, you'll see uh, images of what uh, our DOD does and uh, with the VA system and then also um, what our um, – you know, uh, health, you know, Medicare system does. So these systems are uh, really streamlined for efficiency, and they, uh, you know, get to the point of taking care of people. Um, and our veterans need to go to health care facilities where people are familiar with veterans, right? Um, so, Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and so they need plus, to... This is plus, you know, you know, you're talking about, what, the largest health care system in our nation, and you want to just wipe it off the map it doesn't even make sense no 
and that means that our tax money is going to go up, right, as we pay the private insurers <laughs> to cover our veterans, right? Yeah, well, that's what I think the previous administration may have been supportive of, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't agree. I think that I think cost effectiveness is is keeping the VA healthcare system because, like mm-hmm. you pointed out. People have that are familiar with the kinds of wounds, the kinds of issues, the kinds of combat mm-hmm. things that you would not get from a regular health care system. The VA system is the expert. Yeah. So we would lose out. Yeah, you bring, uh, up, you bring up a great point because um, the VA health care system is not just a health care provider, right? It is a, right. a system of... Um, you know, benefits uh, that are extended to veterans uh, for uh, social services programs, training, a place where people um, actually can come together. And veterans feel good when they come together, you know, when they are in the same space and and can talk to someone um, uh, who is with a common uh, kind of idea or theme. And and when you walk into a regular, um, I, I can feel the difference if I go into a regular um, health care system as a veteran and when I'm at the VA. It's a whole different feeling, and, and I think that that's something that we owe our veterans. We owe them uh, those pri- programs that the VA offers. Um, I have no idea of what a private insure, you know, health system will do because they may just say, oh. We're not going to do anything. <laughs> We've got right. veterans' benefits. Like you said, the regional office at the hospital right. um, has takes care of your your um, your benefits tells you about it. We have a cemetery system that uh, that is the best in the world. Mm-hmm. That that makes a veteran's family feel so proud when they go to a national cemetery and they see the care that, and the respect and the honor we give these men and women who who pass. So there's there's no comparison. That's right. To yeah. just the hospital. Yeah, and that, and that's just one of the things is that you know we're supposed to be taking care of our veterans right once they have served and come back home. Uh, many of them have been um, you know injured uh, in combat um, or have exposures to things and you know traumatic brain injuries and PTSD and we can go on and on right you know with loss of limbs and w- when they come back, why is it we can spend? Uh, billions of dollars on an aircraft carrier, but we can't do that for our veterans. <laughs> um, I, you know, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I, we can find the money when we need to for other things that are just kind of nonsense, right? Uh, or tax, or tax, <laughs> or tax, right? Uh, relief for wealth. That's so, right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, so, so you know, is, how can people find out more about what they can do to help our homeless veterans? Because uh, unless we bring up the topic, you know, it sort of is a flight, uh, flight of mind kind of thing where people think about it and they feel like they want to do something, but uh, they don't quite know what to do, and then it's out of their mind. But, you know, how can people really become connected with, you know, the service organizations that you support and that you're involved in and uh, making sure that, as veterans, even as veterans, we should be supporting other veterans, right? Because, uh, Absolutely. you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, by the grace of God, I'm living in a home, right? 
but the veterans that I serve with, uh, many of them, you know, on the, on the battlefield in Iraq or in uh, Kuwait or Afghanistan, they they are not uh, uh, they're not so lucky, and uh, we cannot uh, forget that. So, you know, what should we be doing as veterans ourselves, uh, the veterans' family members who are out there, and then the general community? Go, Kathy. So I've got two things that <laughs> I've got two <laughs> things that come immediately to mind, and the first one is to do your best to destigmatize seeking help for veterans who are in your network. I think there are so many people out there, veteran and civilian, who don't often think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be struggling on hard times or I might be homeless or I might need to access SNAP benefits or, you know, whatever it is, right? So do your best to destigmatize those things, especially when you're in the company of people who may, in fact, need them. Um, I think thing two, and thing two is, you know, something that takes a little bit more effort, right? But it connects to the organizations in your community that are serving veterans. If you go to the NCHB website at www.nchb.org, there's a tab that says Help for Veterans, and you can actually look by state to see who in your community is um, reaching out and serving veterans. And, you know, every provider has some unique needs, right? One might need socks, other might need a volunteer to come in, like, paint or to do things like that. But I think the giving of your time and your energy and, you know, support the folks who are out there really supporting veterans. Oh, fantastic. You know, one one other thing, too, you made me think of, uh, you know, uh, another issue is, you know, as people are reaching out to these, um, you know, and, and looking at these uh, websites, uh, but right now we have a new uh, administration coming in, right? And as I was okay. mentioned before, you know, President Trump had this, um, uh, you know, commission that's going through, which I hope is not going to be uh, – you know, supported if their, uh, you know, their uh, intent is to uh, defund or get rid of the VA system and privatize it. Uh, but uh, I'm wondering if, you know, what would you like to see the current administration do that were kind of roadblocks in the past or things that should have been made better? Well, I definitely would like to see them um I don't know what whether this commission uh, can't be um, turned in another direction or mm-hmm. another commission be formed to enhance the VA health care system instead of trying to privatize. Um, I think that, you know, we enjoy one, one of the greatest things. I mean, you know, uh, when we fought the Civil War, there was a commitment, just like you had mentioned, Colonel, to, you know, who those who born the battle, mm-hmm. the, them and their, and their loved ones. And, and, you know, we owe them that, you know, and, I, and you were, you were in, uh, in, in early, I mean, um, excuse me, you were in much later mm-hmm. than me because I'm talking Vietnam, but <laughs> You guys have people who are exposed to burn pit. Yeah. And they're just now trying to get them to get the help that they need. Yes. yes. Who's, who, who, who in the regular system is even going to be thinking about that and have the kind of 
uh, expertise and knowledge to be able to help those men and women who are exposed. That's right. So, yes, and it, it was something that you you know that uh, your the Vietnam veterans went through, and that's why I actually joined the military because I, I was so disgusted with the way uh, the, uh, Vietnam veterans were being treated. Um, that I, I actually uh, did a rotation in the VA system, VA hospital, and I was disgusted by. Um, you know, the way veterans were being treated from the Vietnam era. So I, you know, I signed up two weeks after starting there <laughs> back in 1984 and uh, stayed. I, th- I thought I was going to be there for three years. It turned out to be 26. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> wow. but 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 the thing that, you you know, the Vietnam veterans were facing, because you were talking about burn kits, pits, we were talking about Agent Orange back then, right? And now we're exactly. just starting to get people, you know, <laughs> recognizing it. And, and many of those uh, Vietnam veterans have uh, passed on, you know, uh, God bless their souls and uh, what they've done for us, uh, those heroes. Um, and, and so they're not going to be, you know, the time uh, defeated the purpose of uh, them being recognized for um, the, the benefits they should have received. And, uh, and many of them who, who died from uh, cancer and other kinds of things being exposed to Agent Orange and those other DeForeans, their names should be put on the wall because yeah. it is a direct result of that exposure that caused their death. That's right. That's right. And, and, and so, you know, many, and many of our homeless veterans are out there battling these, uh, these things they've been exposed to or, the, you know, the wounds of war and uh, not having you know, a place to go. And the only place that they could actually go to is, I can't imagine a a veteran who is homeless um, going to a a private hospital or a a private clinic to be seen uh, rather than the VA. I I mean, that's like night and day. And, you know, I I think there's certain things that need to be addressed and uh, uh, listened to. So um, I'm just hoping that this thing does not uh, move in the direction of the privatization uh, that uh, people are trying to uh, push for. Um, but, you know, with the, the homeless veterans, uh, wh- what do you see as being uh, the way forward in the post-COVID time period? What should be done for uh, the homeless veterans? Because they're going to be more disparately impacted by COVID-19. So is there something that uh, the VA needs to see or the government needs to see uh, that legislators need to be uh, realizing about the dire need for these veterans. So I've got a couple of things, and Mr. Cooper, I'll let you go next. <laughs> but I think the first thing is that um, a lot of the additional assistance that's been provided to organizations who serve these veterans expires at the end of the public health emergency, whenever mm-hmm. that is. And so I think what we're seeing is that, you know, some of the changes that these providers are going to have to make are changes that will, you know, withstand the duration of when the public health emergency ends, like spacing people out, sanitizing, doing all kinds of different things. And I think to some degree, some of that additional assistance will still be required. So I think that's something that will need some legislative action very quickly. Uh, We still have a lot of shelters that are, congregate and provide really great services, but probably need some funding 
to space people out a little bit better. And VA, to their credit, did issue a capital grant for some of those providers to be able to do that. But I think by their estimates, they've got about 8,000 beds that need to be spaced out. And the amount of funding that they've got is only enough to cover like 1,000 beds, right? So I think some additional assistance and investments in these programs to really space people out is going to be needed. But I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, right? I think one of the things that the pandemic has driven home for a lot of us is that housing really matters, right? When you've got to stay safe and shelter at home and you don't have housing, like you're just out of luck. And that should never be the case for veterans or for anyone in this country. And so I think some additional really bold, bold investments in affordable housing for veterans, quite frankly, and civilians is required in order to move the country forward. Yeah, that makes a, that makes a lot of all the sense in the world. And um, so low mm-hmm. low income housing tax credit, you must get your Congress people to absolutely support and keep that in because that's so critical. You can't hardly build affordable housing. And um, the other thing is that you you know you 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 read the thing, the news, you hear it all the time that. They're expand, they've extended relief for people who are renting. But the landlord, you know, is still going to want their money. They're, it's just, right. it's, it's not they don't have to pay rent. They're, eventually, they're going to have to pay rent. So what happens? Mm-hmm. They can't. And they're going to be in the home. Yes. Um, and- people are losing their home right and left. Yeah. So... We need we need to build. I, mean, I, I think that the administration has gone forward with this, and I hope it passes mm-hmm. this big relief bill. It's yeah. going to do a lot to support. We need to, to any any people who have influence with the with the senators that are saying yeah. maybe they don't want to support it. Call them up and tell them support this. We need this so much. Excellent, excellent. Uh, we've run out of time, but I, we'd have to have, to have you back again because this is so, so critical. We have to follow this issue because uh, it's not going anywhere. We, we need to be on top of it. So I want to thank the National Coalition of Homeless Veterans. Uh, uh, Catherine uh, Monet, you're doing a phenomenal job. Ralph Cooper, uh, God bless you for all you're doing for veterans. And uh, just so happy that you're um, able to do this. And www.nchb.org, go there, check it out, and do what um, Catherine said. Make sure you participate in this process. Call your legislators and tell them that they need their stimulus money and this check uh, to go to veterans uh, to make sure that they um, are, have that relief bill really addresses their needs. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.